Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 135. No intro. We're so lonely. No. So if you want to do an intro and make us happy, join us at patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. And you know, you get other perks too. Bonus episodes. There's literally one every fucking week. <laughs> there is. I know. It's just how you, like, ugh, ugh. Yeah, but none, that's not as good as being able to intro an episode. It's really not. You could be whatever you want to be on the intro. You know, and in life, so nobody can tell you not to be. <laughs> All right, let's jump right in then, since we don't have an intro. How many of y'all are doing intro? A lot. So if you're doing intro, send your shit in too. I'm Ooh. in a butthole. Ooh. <clears throat> I've been a butthole all week. <laughs> well, it's Monday. <laughs> well, but like. You mean weekend? Yeah. Like for like a solid four days, I've been a complete douche canoe. Hey, pretty ladies. My name is Tammy, but you can call me Tammy because it's spelled different. It's T-A-M-I. They said you can call me Tammy, like T-A-M-M-Y. <laughs> love that. Oh my God, I love that. Oh my gosh. I came across your podcast a few weeks ago and I love it. You use all my favorite words and I feel like I'm listening to my best friends just sitting around shooting the shit. I've turned a few friends onto your podcast and they love it and tell me how funny they find you both. And I'm like, right? Well, thanks. I wanted to tell you about something that happened to me quite a few years ago, like 1992. I was in a very bad relationship, spent nine years with an abusive alcoholic, and did many things to try and survive until I could get out. And one day I did get out and I never looked back. Many nights when he came home from drinking, I always had to evaluate the situation. What kind of mood he was in? Would he just pass out or would I need to quickly escape from him by either locking myself in the bathroom or getting out one of those doors leading outside? I learned to keep a coat by each door in case I needed to escape. I also learned to hide outside the house. You do what you have to. Well, one of these nights, I was in bed when I heard him coming in, and I just started praying. I've never been a religious person, and I'm still not one. But when one is desperate, one will grasp at anything. Anyway, I was laying in bed with my back to the bedroom door, just praying he would leave me alone and just lay down and go to sleep. I kept thinking over and over, just leave me alone. Go lay down. I felt someone sit on the bed behind me and I froze. I started shaking. I felt them lay down and it felt like they wrapped something around me. Not like arms, but I had a mental picture of someone unfolding me and a feeling of peace and security surrounded me. My shaking instantly stopped. I heard my ex come into the bedroom and a minute later I heard him leave the room. I still felt surrounded by the sense of safety and just stayed quiet. I don't know how long it lasted, but I started feeling like I was no longer enfolded, but it wasn't like I felt someone get up. It was more like it just eased slowly. I finally turned my head because I was absolutely positive that someone was laying behind me, but there was no one. I didn't hear my ex in the house, so I silently got up and moved out of the bedroom to see where he was. I found him on the couch, passed out. I stood there looking down at him, contemplating suffocating him with a pillow. You know that talk you have with yourself? I could do it. I'd get off with temporary insanity. They have records of the abuse he's inflicted. But deep down, I knew it would be wrong, and whatever had just protected me, I knew would have been disappointed in me by that choice. But I knew I was done with that marriage, and I got out. I have never forgotten that experience and have sometimes wondered if it was my dad, but I just never felt like it was. Like I said, I've never been religious, but I truly feel like it was an angel that wrapped me up and protected me. Thank you for letting me share this. I haven't told very many people about this, so thank you for allowing me to share with both of you. Keep up the excellent job you're doing. Creep it real and don't get scared, Tammy. Well, I'm so glad that you got out of that situation. Yes, we want your safety more than anything. Yes. Something was looking out for you that day. Yes. I don't know if it was an angel or your dad or whomever, but something was looking out for you. Right. Also, thank you for telling all your friends about the podcast. Uh, yes, thank you. Hello, you beautiful ghouls. Let me start out by saying that I absolutely love every pod you two cast. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to it every night at work, even if the episode makes me a bit jumpy or paranoid. Creep on, creeping it real. 
Anyways, my mom and I recently had a conversation in which we were talking about certain experiences, and my mom agreed that I was more sensitive to things like she was, which is cool, but this isn't about my mom and me. (laughs) (laughs) Cool story. Oh my gosh. You write like I write. I first met my best friend when I was 14. Let's call her Peyton. I met her at school and went over to her house afterwards. Her dad asked us to bring some boxes for moving to the basement. As you get to the bottom of the stairs in the basement, you have the regular cement basement, furnace, water heater, etc. The washer and dryer were upstairs. But right behind the furnace was probably a two-foot wide doorway kind of thing and a little crawl space kind of thing with markings all over the wall, like satanic things. I dabble in the craft and now know that they were definitely not anything you wanted to mess with. I got bad vibes as soon as we were down there and rushed Peyton up the stairs. Of course, she was ahead of me. I got to the third or fourth step and tripped up the stairs. Are you me? You tripped up the stairs? (laughs) But I swear to God, something grabbed my ankle. I never climbed stairs on all fours and as fast as I did in my life. I slammed the door to the basement as soon as we were up and I told Peyton I didn't trip. Something grabbed my ankle. And sure enough, when we looked at my ankle, there was a big red mark around it, almost in the perfect shape of a hand. This house that she lived in was definitely active to say the least. And there were spirits that did not like me one bit. Every time I slept over, I would wake up with scratches all over me and the cats and dogs never came upstairs. One night, I woke up with the feeling I was being watched. I sat up in Peyton's bed, and standing in her doorway was a dark figure of a man wearing what looked like a coat and a fedora-type hat. I was frozen for a second, and then I shook Peyton with one hand. Not looking away from the figure, she sat up and looked at it too. Dad? She says, thinking it was her dad just checking up on us or something. Her dad was a lot plumper and shorter than this thing in her doorway, though. The figure turned as soon as Peyton spoke and disappeared down the stairs. As it turned, the curtain that was her doorway moved as if someone had really left the room. But I had a feeling it wouldn't come in because of the little old lady who likes to sit in the corner. When I said active, I meant it. I have a few more stories in that house and many others as well, but I feel like this has been long enough as is. You ladies are the best and make my night blow by and always put a smile on my face. I hope you're both doing well regarding everything going on in the world right now. Let's not even go there. Love everything you do. Creep it real and don't get scared. Ember from Alberta, Canada. That is one busy fucking house. Oh my gosh. What is it? That haunting on Hill House or whatever? I don't know, but that gave me so much anxiety. Yes. And what's odd, though, is that it sounded like you experienced the hat man, but you didn't have sleep paralysis. So very interesting. Okay, Miss fucking expert. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it sounds like you did blah, 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 blah. That's not what it was. <laughs> Fucked that up, didn't I? I would def not be sleeping over at that house. No. No. I. You know what? I got enough bumps and scratches and all that shit on me without my friend's fucking house doing it to me. Right. And I scar very easily. You do. I'm getting there with my old age. You really are. And my hands are already fucking dry and ripping the skin off and it's not even winter yet. Girl, same. Also, send in all your stories. Yeah, that was not too long. Okay, the next one. Hey guys, my name is Jocelyn. First thing I wanted to say is I love your guys' podcast. That was very hard for me to say, your guys. <laughs> Instead of like, y'all. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I have a scary story for you. When I was a little girl, I was staying at my grandparents' house in Corvallis, Oregon. And I shit you not, I saw a ghost when I stayed there. And I would always stay in the living room on the floor on a mattress with my pillow and blanket. It was a TV in a little entertainment center with glass doors that you push open. One morning, I saw a lady in blue in the little glass door, and she was walking from the kitchen to the living room. When I turned around to see her, she was gone. And years later, my grandma passed away, and she was in the same outfit the lady was wearing. Thanks for reading my story, Jocelyn, and creep it real and don't get scared. 
Oh, shit. So, wait. Like, years later, your grandma passed away, and you saw her wearing the outfit that the lady that you had seen years before in the thing that wasn't there was wearing? That's some time traveling shit right there. What? And the doppelganger is going up. You saw your grandma's doppelganger. Also, though, maybe it was, like, your grandma's favorite blue dress, and that's why she was buried in it. And that's why... I don't know. Yeah, like, had you seen her in the dress before, and so you could have just been like, whoa, was that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. That's... Like an energy on a loop or something? Yeah. Even though she was still alive? I don't fucking know. I'm See, I'm pretending like I know things, like the hat man with no shadow man. <laughs> Whatever you said earlier oh, that gosh. made you sound like a professional. <laughs> that's a fucking premonition, if I ever heard of one. But also, that's like a jump scare at a scary movie when you can see the reflection, mm-hmm. but then you turn around and they're not there. And then when you go back, they're like right there. That's what that is. Thanks for explaining a jump scare to me. Well, you know, I'd never seen a scary movie. Well, you've seen like three movies in your whole life. Okay, ma'am, not true. <laughs> Four. <laughs> okay. Hi, ladies. I've been listening to you for a while now, and I love y'all. I listened to all the podcasts. I started with Morbid, which led me to Spooky, which led me to And That's Why We Drink, which led me to My Favorite Murder, which led me to The Murder Squad, which led me to Let's Not Meet, which inevitably led me to you. But I digress. No, I love origin stories. So me too. I'm definitely here to hear, <laughs> spelled okay. differently, how y'all found us. I love when people say they heard us on Let's Not Me and they decided to listen to us because you want to ask them we why? Sucked. Yeah. We sucked at that. So I was bad. so sick yes. when I recorded that. <laughs> so sick. Oh, gosh. But I'm so glad y'all, y'all listened. And yeah, I sounded like death warmed over. I live in New Orleans, which makes us neighbors. Howdy, neighbor. How you doing? I have so many stories to tell, and if I told you them all, you'd be sitting here reading this for three days straight. As exciting as that may be, you might not be up for the marathon. You don't know us. Okay, <laughs> Okay, marathon, come on. I need. First of all, I'm not moving that much, and second of all, you know I need sleep. <laughs> so I'll just tell you a couple of my own sinister sightings. Not all of them are sinister, but they're all sightings. So in my family line, we are all very sensitive. I was also raised in a very religious household with my father as a minister. You see the conflict here, right? Anyway, I have three older sisters and a younger brother. My younger brother is quite a bit younger than me, so he wasn't around when I was really little. He didn't come around until I was almost eight. From my earliest memories, until I was about 10 years old, I always remembered seeing a woman watch over me as I fell asleep. You know how when you first turn off your lights and you sort of see this staticky snow until your eyes adjust to the darkness? Anyway, it was as if that static sort of drew itself together into the shape of this woman. I can still picture her today. She was tall, thin, wore a dress with a high neck collar. Her hair was up in a bun and she looked kind of severe with her smile turned downwards. But she wasn't mean or sinister. She would just watch me. I learned not to tell my parents because my dad would just sit down with me and pray that God would take the demon away. I knew she wasn't a demon, but she did kind of spook me. My sister, who's immediately next in line with me, shared the bedroom with me, and she believed me when I said I saw her. So anyway, when I said I saw her until I was about 10 years old, that was when we moved towns and I started going to a different school, and life generally got better for me. When I was in the old town, life wasn't great. I went to a weird-ass, learn-at-your-own-pace private school where all the children sat in cubicles facing the wall and really couldn't talk to each other except for recess. It was strange, to say the least. Anyway, when we moved and I went off to public school, things started improving. I didn't see her again. So fast forward until about age 17. My parents went on the yearly family vacation, but I stayed behind because I had a summer job and a boyfriend. I was in the house alone because my brother and my parents were gone and all of my sisters were away at college. Something was wrong in the house. I didn't know what it was, but I was spooked and I called my boyfriend to come get me. Anyway, when my boyfriend came to get me, I ran to his car, hopped in, and as we're driving away, I saw her face in the window. 
just watching us drive away. That was the last time I saw her as a figure watching me, but that's not the last time I saw her. Fast forward until about age 25, my grandmother passed away and all of us cousins were gathered together. I was talking with one of my cousins and looking at a photo album. I came across one photo of this tall, thin, severe looking woman with her hair in a bun and a high necked long dress. I was shocked to see the face of the woman who had watched over me years ago, looking back at me from the photo album. She had been watching me all those years, just making sure we were all okay. My mom talked about her grandmother, my great-grandma, all of the time. She had such fond memories of staying with her, but I had never seen a photo. She was born the same year the Titanic sank, so back then there weren't many photos taken. I believe this photo was taken in her 30s or 40s. I'm 48 now, and as I look back and I remember and I look in the mirror myself, I can see her face in my own. It's like I am looking into a mirror. My great-grandma was always watching over me when I needed her. I now keep the photo of her on my shelf. I'll share one more story. This is when my dad passed away. He was in hospice care, but instead of being in an actual hospice facility, we brought him home to pass peacefully in his own home. My sisters and I all have some sort of medical training, as does my brother. So it was nothing for us to take care of him in his final hours. The nurses were sent home and we handled it. We sat around him, sang songs, we read from the Bible, we read the description of heaven, and we just made things as peaceful as possible. It was a beautiful and sad time, and I'm crying a little bit just writing this. This was about five years ago that he passed. So you know they say that loved ones come to bring you across when you pass, right? My aunt died in the 1970s in a car accident, and another of my aunts had already passed. My grandparents passed before I was born, so I wasn't surprised to know that my aunts and my grandparents were coming to help my dad pass over. What did surprise me, however, was seeing the movement from the very top of the high bookshelves. You see, my dad collected a number of the kinetic toys. You know, the ones with the metal balls all strung in a row so you can pull one and let it clack together with the others, moving the ball on the other end. Also, the ones where you have a weight connected to a straight metal bar and the leverage that swings the character like a gymnast. The momentum of the metal bar keeps the gymnast performing and spinning and spinning and spinning. I think he had about four or five of those on the very top of the bookshelf. Now, their ceilings were about seven or eight feet high, so there's no way anybody could have possibly reached these. Also, there was no breeze coming through the house. He passed in late September in Oregon. Even if there was a breeze, the weights were too heavy to be moved by anything other than physically pulling them back to make the move. Nonetheless, as we all stood around singing songs with my dad, holding his hand, talking to him about what he's about to see and where he's about to go, the kinetic toys all started moving. The gymnast started his elaborate twist, the clown started his juggling, and the clacking beads started clacking. At first, I saw it and I was surprised because I wasn't sure. I thought maybe they were motorized or something. So I looked at my sister and my sister, who is much more sensitive than I am, saw them too. She said that, yes, Aunt Irene is here and she's waiting for him. The mood in the room wasn't really of sadness per se. It was one of melancholy, certainly, but mostly it was a feeling one gets when you wish a good friend bon voyage when you know you won't see them for a very long time. You will miss them, but you're not sad for them. Just seeing those kinetic toys moving showed me that he was not going alone, and we would see him again. Later that night after my dad passed, my mom was laying down and just quietly crying to herself. My sister, as I said, is much more sensitive than I am. She actually sees the things that I feel. She told me that dad was in the chair watching mom. It's been five years now. Mom is slowly adjusting to her new normal. They are married for 44 years. I have a strong faith in God and the afterlife and all of that. I also don't buy into everything religion teaches. I wonder about past lives. I feel like I've lived a few myself, but what I do know for sure is that this is not the end. 
I'll have to write in again later and tell you about how my sister accurately predicted in a dream my brother's car accident and how my boyfriend at the time and I, now husband, accidentally summoned a demon that watched me sleep all night long. But that's for another time. Creep it real and only get scared when you know it really is a demon. All the rest, just wish them well on their way. I love you guys, Esther. Wow. Whoa. There's something so, like, heartbreakingly peaceful about being with someone as they die. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the clacking balls, like, well, one, my mom had all those little toys. Imagine that. But those clacking balls, my, (laughs) my God, that's going to sound terrible, but my brother had. And, um. I can't believe you got through saying clacking balls twice. (laughs) But I would do that. I loved pulling one back and just letting it go. It was so soothing to me. She says that about all her dates. (laughs) I mean, I don't go for the soothing type. Yeah, but you do go with pulling one back and just letting it go. (laughs) I cannot fucking imagine what it is like to lose a spouse. Like, I can literally bring myself to tears thinking of Colby dying now. And it's been two damn years. You know, like, to have lived, like, my parents... We're coming up in like two weeks on their 53rd wedding anniversary. And I just cannot imagine. I mean, they have been together. I mean, they were high school sweethearts. I mean, they've literally been together since mom was like 16 and he was 17. Like, they know nothing else now, you know? How do you, how do you process that? How do you move on? I don't understand it. I don't either. Well, I certainly don't know what that answer is, but... I do know that y'all see some shit. Yes. And I just think it's so sweet, though, that your dad was watching over your mom as she was crying, though, you know, and like she was just quietly crying to herself. But and so that was just like a sweet moment. Yeah. Also, um, I can't cry quietly to myself. No. Well, we all know I can't. Oh, no, you can't. And then you're going to cry so hard that you're going to laugh. And then it's going to be a whole whole thing. thing. (laughs) You know, wait to bring that right back to us. Okay. Maybe I have a little Leo in me. You were going to tell it, say a sex joke? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next one is called Bingo and a Potential Murder. Ooh. Hello, lovely Southern Bells. I stumbled upon your awesome podcast last month and have been listening to it in reverse order, going from the newest to the oldest episode. I have a long way to go. I just listened to episode 114, where you mentioned you have so many ideas for your TikTok. I was so <laughs> excited to <laughs> I was so excited to check it out. You have three. (laughs) The shade of it all. And dot, 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 dot. You have three. Dot, 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 dot. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we don't understand it. Transitions. And you know what pisses me off more than anything about TikTok? What? Well, one of many things. But I still fucking watch it. When I learned that those people saying like, doing those things that where it guesses what star slipper you look like and it like it's all the shade like yeah and then it you realize it's just a green screen and they're literally picking the picture yes. i was like i know ruined ruined <laughs> it shattered the glass for tiktok <laughs> yes oh my gosh okay they do continue to say i would love to see your tiktok ideas come to life <laughs> but where are our ideas <laughs> i don't know but i've had a few recently you have but they're it's the execution part of it. Right. Well, you know, story of our lives. <laughs> we have the ideas. Not so great on the execution. Hey, just be glad the podcast is still going. <laughs> I mean, it could have never started with our execution <laughs> shit. Right. Dada really took it and ran with it. She had the name. I, I still don't understand TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they say now. Anyway, I love the way you gals mix true crime and paranormal activity into one awesome podcast. I have a short story about an experience that is neither true crime nor paranormal, but is extremely creepy and will forever haunt me. So before this COVID thing hit, I would go to the hotel casino for my birthday, play bingo, have drinks, and spend the night there with my mother-in-law. A couple of years ago, we got done playing bingo around 10 p.m., I was exhausted, so I told my mother-in-law I was going to go upstairs to our hotel room and that she could stay downstairs and play the slots as long as she desires. I go up to our room, change into my pajamas, and watched hotel TV for a few hours before drifting off to sleep. 
I was sleeping hard until I was suddenly awoken to a man standing over me, yelling at me to make sure my doors were locked. What? He left, and I was stunned, and it took me a hot minute to fully process what actually happened. I mean, I was sleeping hard. So apparently, when I came back to the room after bingo, I did not close the hotel door all the way so that it latched. I didn't want to deadbolt it since my mother-in-law was downstairs playing slots, and I for sure didn't want her to wake me up because I love my sleep. Don't fuck with my sleep. It was about 2 a.m. My heart was thumping so hard in my chest, I ran to the door and pushed it all the way closed and laid back in bed. I could not sleep a wink after that. This guy must have accidentally opened my room thinking it was his, and thank God he didn't have malintentions. He could have easily assaulted, raped, or killed me. Those thoughts were going through my head until my mother-in-law made it back to the room around 5 a.m. I love your podcast and will write again soon to tell you about my ghost cat. Creep it real, and don't forget to make sure your hotel door is shut completely. Leanne K. from Wisconsin. Holy shit! Was it like an apparition telling you to make sure your thing's closed? Or was it like literally a human being? Like I'm, I'm thinking like literally like an actual human yeah. being. And that's fucking scary. They probably were drunk, stumbled into your room and was like, this isn't my room. Make sure you lock your door. Right. Like I would have just like slowly crept out and been yes. like, fuck, this isn't my room. Fuck, this isn't my room. Right. Like don't yell at the person. I mean, yes, lock your door. But like don't yell at the person. Don't shame me. I was asleep. I would have been none the wiser. Which is just as scary, but... Yeah, that's... Oh, my gosh. Well, I can't imagine that. Like like you said, it could have been so much worse. But Carrie got where she thought she was getting broke in. Yes, they had not booked that, like, in the computer that my room was occupied because I had to switch rooms because somebody hit... And look... I'm not trying to be, like, I'm an ex-smoker. I'm not trying to be like, but, like, it it smelled like somebody had literally, like, just put a cigarette out in my room, and they were supposed to be non-smoking. The remote didn't work. People had, like, messed with the fire stuff. Like, I needed a new room. I mean, the TV didn't work. Come on. (laughs) So... They switched me rooms, but they didn't put in the computer that they had put me in another room. So, at, like... Four o'clock in the morning, this room is empty, according to their computer. So they had gone to put somebody in it, and they tried to get in. And because they had a key, they were able to open the door, except thank God I had it deadbolted. So I was woken up to the door opening and the deadbolt catching it. Oh, my gosh. Like, that gives me so much anxiety. I do that, too. Like, I put that over but all the time. But sometimes I forget. And so, like, it was pure luck that I had remembered. Because, again, I am notorious for forgetting to put the deadbolt on. No, I'm creeped out about that. And your story, when that happened, I was like, this is why. This is why. My instinct was I literally <laughs> leapt up and screamed, no! <laughs> like... Took a flying leap in the air and screamed. You're like, well, I know my fight or flight. And I will just yell. And I will come after you. That's my fight or flight. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm so glad that you're okay. Oh, my gosh. I know. But I feel like there's better ways that dude could have handled that. Way better. I mean, but really and truly, if you were that guy, like, what do you do? Do you, like, let's say that you, like, crept back out, like, fuck, 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 fuck. You know, like... I didn't mean to go in this room. Like, do you call the front desk and be like, hey, I accidentally went in this girl's room and it was unlocked? No. I know. Do you just like, I would pull it too. I would pull it too. Yeah. And meanwhile, they probably could have had that done. Like she could have had it ajar like that because somebody had gone to the ice maker or whatever. Yeah. But I totally understand you like not wanting to put the deadbolt on because she's coming back. But one time... When I was a senior, well, I had just graduated high school and we had gone to Cancun for our senior trip. I had gone back to the hotel room early, like by myself from the club because, you know, I need sleep. And I was so drunk that when I got back to the room, I like literally passed out, like couldn't hear, didn't remember anything until the next morning when I woke up. And they said that they had 
banged on the door for like two hours to get in. And because they, I was the only one that had a key with me and that they ended up having to like get security to come let them in because I was so drunk and asleep that I couldn't hear them banging on the door for like two hours. Yeah. Meanwhile, I shouldn't have been going back to the hotel room Girl, by myself say, that drunk. Serve them right, though. They should never let you go by yourself. Uh uh-uh. uh. There were. I remember. I remember it. There drunk were, or not, though, like it's Mexico. There it's were anywhere. Yeah. No. 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 I know. But there were two. Well, it was actually three girls that were from Meridian, which is like an hour north of us. Well, an hour and a half. Whatever. And um, I like saw them as. I was going to get on the bus to go back. And so they like helped me get back. Yeah. They did the right thing. Yeah. Still makes me mad when I think about that. Donna wasn't on the trip. No, I can't afford no senior trip. That is one thing. Like we really did like stuff like that, like senior pictures, senior trips, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. Like mom made sure that we had. Uh, No, I didn't go to that one because I was going to go to France. And then it got canceled? Why? Yeah, because uh, they weren't loving the U.S. right then. I don't know. Well, uh, all right. So it was my Latin teacher that was going. but Who was my French teacher. I mean, no. She's who, French. No, who was my Spanish teacher. Yeah. Who she actually is French. Yes. Yeah. And so, but she had a, like a few of us going and like I really wanted to go. Apparently, I've really wanted to go to France for a long fucking time. But yeah, it got canceled. Also, can we just go back to, do they have bingo slots? No, like, tick, 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 Okay, bingo. like a dab-dab bingo. Mm-hmm. At the casino, though? Mm-hmm. That's fucking amazing. All right, sorry. I, I love bingo. And I love casinos, so that sounds amazing. All right, the next one is Creepy House While Working in the Community. Hello, ladies. My name is Hannah, and I'm an occupational therapist. Oh, hey, Hannah. <laughs> working in the community in the south side of England. Oh, my, oh God. my God. You're living my dream. <laughs> Hannah, Carrie wants your life. <laughs> Pardon me, but can I have your life? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so really immerse yourself in this story, Carrie. I'm here for it, man. I started listening to you a few months ago and have really been enjoying your show while driving between patients. Oh, okay. I don't want your life. I cannot do all my health. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I got really loud. It like hurt my ear. But that's how much I don't want to do home health. No, thank you. There's a special place in heaven for y'all. Fucking no. Yeah, there really is. Because I ain't doing it. I mean, I would do it if, you know, hard times (laughs) call call for hard measures. But whatever that saying is. But I don't want to. Yeah. People have it hot up in their house. God, don't they have it hot. But we digress. You really make my drives much more fun, especially when I have a while to drive, so thank you very much. I thought I'd share a creepy story I experienced on the job. Sorry if this is a bit long. One day, I was having a bad morning, and I got my visits mixed up and ended up at the wrong patient's house. Luckily, I got my times mixed up too, so made it to the correct patient on time, so no one was missed. Anyway, I got to the wrong house, but hadn't realized it yet. I rang the doorbell, but no one answered. I tried the door, and it was unlocked, which is quite normal for the elderly to do, and we have to go into many patients' home as they can't get to the door. So I opened the door and called out, hello. No answer. I went a few steps in and called louder. No answer. And the house was silent, but I saw what looked like someone going around the corner into another room. So I went in that direction, calling out some more and picking up my pace so they knew I was there. This led me into the living room, which had an open staircase leading to the bedrooms and an open landing so you could see if someone was on the stairs or on the landing. There was no one there, but I swear I saw someone go round the corner into that room and there was no way a person could get up the stairs and into a closed room without me seeing them or hearing them. But what I did see was a gray mist go up the top three steps and then disappear. At this point, I felt a sudden sense of dread and that the house wanted me to leave. I thought to myself, I need to get the fudge out of here. So I left the house as fast as my legs would take me and got back into the car, checked my diary, and realized I was at the wrong house, like a Wally. That's a British saying, apparently. Girl, I know. 
Just kidding, I don't. <laughs> As the door was unlocked, I didn't want to just leave it, so I rang the daughter and explained my mistake, and she explained that no one was home, not the family and not the patient. She said that she'd be home with the patient in about 10 minutes, so I waited for them to return. We laughed about my mistake and said I'd see them tomorrow as planned. I was slightly nervous to return as I felt such an awful feeling the day before and that I was not meant to be in that house, but when I arrived for my appointment, the house felt completely fine. I didn't see anything or feel anything unwelcoming. Was it just my senses being like, Hannah, you've got the wrong day, or did I just interrupt a poor spirit who was finally happy to have some alone time and I just came walking in there and calling out for someone to answer me? Who knows, but it stuck with me, and I think of it each time I have to go into a house like that. So far, it's not happened again. Anyway, thanks for listening, and thanks for keeping me company on my drives. Keep safe. All the best. Hannah. Ooh, that's scary. Oh my gosh. I would do the same thing. Like, I would think about that every time I went to a house now. I'd be like, oh God, am I going to see a thing again? Yes. And then like how you tried the door and it was unlocked and then you walked in. That's like what people do when they find like a murdered victim or something. You know what I mean? So, oh my God, you're probably just more on guard because it's creepy then and no one's calling out like in response. Like, yeah, we're in here. So you might have really sensed something like you were just more aware of everything. Yeah. Oh, creepy. Okay, this one's called Finally Submitting One. All right, here's my long-ass story and contribution to ease Carrie's anxiety about running out of material. (laughs) Feel free to use my name and congratulations on the success of the podcast. It's fantastic seeing the hard work y'all have put in paying off. Trigger warning, spiritual abuse is mentioned. Here we go. Growing up, I had experiences and here are two quick appetizers. When I was very young, can't remember the age, I saw a man's face floating in the living room closet trying to speak to me. What sticks out so much about this was my family was in the kitchen and the lights were on. Also, his head was fucking huge, like Zordon from Power Rangers. Next, my sister and I were sick at the same time and were homebound. One night, we were watching a movie and made popcorn. We added M&Ms to the popcorn because we're awesome. (laughs) And left it in the kitchen so the hot popcorn would melt the M&M's. Why we didn't take it with us, I will never understand. Anyway, we're sitting in the living room and we hear a noise from the kitchen. Open view from where we are in the living room to the kitchen. We look over and see a black figure with a ring wraith in like Lord of the Rings. But this is well before the movies came out. Once we see it, it glides, that's fucking right, glides, and then knocks over the popcorn mixture. Now, we both saw it and turned to each other, then ran to my room where a motherfucking cockroach flies at us. Not a fan. Wow, you have to say the word. Oh my God. Okay, now for the meat and potatoes. This is my first time writing about this, and I'm already nervous. For the first part, I was living with my family in a different house in Mississippi now because of Katrina. We walled up the garage for my room, and my mother and sister shared a room attached to the garage. We only had one AC for this side of the house, so we kept the door open at all times. This will come into play. My life was hectic at this point in time. I just had an exorcism fail on me. I'm not in the headspace to talk about this, but just know it was a form of conversion therapy. So I was in a very vulnerable, emotional, and spiritual place. This put me thinking I was destined for hell, and that negativity invites things. I always sleep with the TV on. I have been terrified of the dark since I was a kid, and it wasn't until I met my incredible husband, Love Prevails, that I could be in the dark and not panic. So I wake up one day, and my TV is off. No worries. I turn it on and go back to sleep. The next night, the same thing. The TV is off, but it won't click on this time. So I turn on my light, the remote above my head, and the TV comes on. The next night, the TV is off again, officially panicking when the TV won't turn on and the light won't either for a few seconds. Finally, it comes on and I stay up for a couple of hours before going back to sleep. Now, the last night, TV off, light won't come on, I can hear my heart beat, and then I hear something else. Thud, thud, drag over and over again, coming from the kitchen, through the pantry, and about to enter my mother and sister's room. 
I don't remember what happened next, but the lights came on before it made its way into my room. After this, streetlights started going out whenever I would get near them. Now I realize streetlights rest occasionally, but this was too coincidental and happened too frequently. I moved out and moved into an apartment with some friends. Here's where shit started hitting the fucking fan, and thankfully my friends witnessed a lot of this, so I know I'm not crazy, and let me tell you, after the mental abuse of the church I was going to, uh, did not recognize it at the time, and the general depression there was slash is comfort in having people experience it with you so you know you're not crazy. I'm going to try to make these as fast as possible. We played a game called Sardines, which is reversed hide-and-seek where one person hides and everyone finds the hider and hides in the same room as them. Now, typically, you play in complete darkness, but thankfully, our apartment had a streetlight right outside, so it never got truly dark. People would not hide in my room. I wondered why until I did. I hid in my closet behind clothes and boxes and snacks. Don't judge my closet snacks. I spent 17 (laughs) years in one and I know how to make them comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That sentence is maybe the best sentence I've ever read. Yes. After a minute or two, someone walked into the room, looked around and left. Then I heard the balcony door open and everyone walk in. They were still outside, so we called off sardines for the rest of the night. Oh, no, no, no. I would have sleep paralysis being choked in the bad way, then come out of it gasping for air. My roommate Blanche and I were on the sectional sofa, and what did we see? A fucking black ring wraith looking thing leave my side of the hallway, glide behind the opposite side of the sectional where our other roommate Dorothy was sitting, and enter her room. The other roommate asked us what we were looking at. She didn't believe us. One of my other besties, Rose, moved in with us and we were sharing a bed because broke besties support each other. She passed out early in bed. Her girlfriend went to go check on her and the door was locked. She called for Rose to wake up and when she did, Rose started knocking on the door. After getting annoyed by this, the girlfriend asked for me to pin the door open. I got it and when we get to the door, it's no longer knocking but now violently shaking. We were like, stop, Rose, you'll break the door. We finally get the door open while it's still shaking. And there was Rose, passed out in my bed with drool covering the pillow. Oh my gosh. Blanche's sister stayed the night with me one night before Rose moved in. She was passed out and I put the TV on and go to sleep. As soon as I get comfortable, the sister sits straight up at a 45 degree angle and is making guttural deep groan that has me with chill bumps thinking about it. She then turns her head quickly at me, lets out an evil chuckle, and passes the fuck out. No, no. She still has no recollection of this. Last story for now. Rose has a girlfriend, and we're in a new place, and the new girlfriend wakes up. Rose isn't there. Where is she? She'd taken all the dirty clothes in the house, made a nest of sorts in the middle of the living room, and was walking around it with no type of consciousness and freezing cold. When we woke her up, she had no idea what the fuck was going on and was obviously scared. Something of note, after roommates and friends experienced these phenomena at the apartment, we used a Ouija board. The spirit named itself Bloomsney. Don't ask me what it means. I'm just as lost. Rose and I lost contact, but she did contact me last week randomly asking me to do one more session with her to make sure we close the session properly. She has some bruises showing up on her body. I've been putting off sending this because, well, it's heavy stuff and I get nervous thinking that people will think something's wrong with me. I cannot bring myself to proofread because writing it was hard enough. Creep it real ladies, Jeremy C. Oh my gosh. Well, first, thank you so much for writing in and sharing your story. The things that you and your roommates have had to go through oh my god that's terrifying i'm telling you i'm not cut out for stuff like this like i would i just i'm not cut out no but you know like when he was talking about sardines i never played that but hide and seek at my nana's house in mobile her it's hallways y'all but it was really this one back room and i think because it just had like random stuff in there like it wasn't anyone's bedroom But it was at the end of the hall. And if you're sitting on the couch, 
you can see into it and they didn't have curtains. And so you could see outside and you know, I don't like seeing outside at night because it freaks me out because I don't know, like now I say black eyed kids and the strangers that movie fucked me up. But like, I've always not liked that because I guess if I can see out, they can see in. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. But when he was saying that I pictured, I would always hide in my uncle junior's room and when people were already hiding in those areas that are normally hidden and I had to hide in the back bedroom, like I was always on edge and stuff. And I just like, I got so like, Ooh, listening to his story. So to actually experience something that you can't explain. And like my brain was just doing that to me. There was no like, actual fear right that was just my brain I didn't like see anything I didn't hear anything he did yeah I I can't oh my gosh jeez thank you for sharing that you know we love you yes we do and your boo all right last one is called black dog on a dirt road hey y'all I've been listening to the podcast for about six months now and I'm obsessed I love the banter you guys get into and just the overall vibe you guys put out. I purge a few episodes a day at work. My job is pretty boring and redundant, but on the plus side, I don't have to talk to anyone, so I get to listen all I want. Thank you, ladies, for keeping me sane during the work week. I'm a pretty skeptical person when it comes to the paranormal and supernatural. It's not that I don't want to believe. It's just that I'm the type of person who has to question everything. I personally do have a couple of unexplainable experiences. I'd like to share one that has stuck with me and still gives me the absolute creeps. Picture it. It's a rather chilly summer night around 10.30 p.m. in rural Virginia. My best friend and I are driving home from late night classes at our local community college. I'm driving while she's keeping me company in the passenger seat. We're laughing, chatting, and singing along to our early 2000s playlist just keeping each other alert and awake during our hour and a half commute. Seriously, fuck living in the middle of nowhere. We have about 25 minutes left until we reach our homes and pull onto a dirt road we have to take daily. I'm going about 20 miles per hour, about the fastest you can safely go on this road. As we get about halfway down this road, I see the glow of an animal's eyes on the left edge of the road. I slow down to a stop because I'm not about to hit a deer again. I've already hit too many than I'd like to admit, including a few that actually hit me. Each of those times I cried my eyes out too. Yes, deer, two deer have hit me. Thank you for also experiencing what I experienced. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying you're a terrible driver. (laughs) I am just saying that they hit me. I believe you. That doesn't mean you're not a terrible driver. Says a terrible driver. I'm not terrible. I'm just not good. Uh-huh. When I come to a stop, we see that it's a dog. It looks over at the car with squinted eyes, almost with a confused look. It then proceeds to cross the road, but not in a hurry. This dog looks strange. It's kind of lanky, has pointed ears, and solid black. Just as the dog reaches the right edge of the road, this thing stands up on its hind legs and runs into the woods like a human. My friend and I scream and I stomp on the gas. I'm freaking out yelling, what the fuck was that? Did you see that? And she's also freaking out and starting to cry. We finally get home and tell her dad what we saw. He can tell we're spooked, so he tries to play it off and gets us to calm down. We eventually come to terms that we really have no logical explanation to what we saw. It's been six years now since we saw the creepy bipedal canine creature. I've told this story to a few people in other podcasts. I've been told that it could have been a fairy, forest spirit, skinwalker, dogman, etc. The dogman urban legend seems to line up with what we saw, but I'm still skeptical. Thank you guys for taking the time to read my story. I hope y'all are doing well and staying safe. And this came from the website. So I don't know if they want us to say their name or not. But, um, oh my God, that's fucking creepy as fuck. Right? What, what in the fuck? What do you think it is? 
I mean, the dog man does line up with it. I don't know anything about the dog man. Well, I'll do the... No, 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 I know, but I'm saying like... uh, Yeah, but I mean, it does line up with it, but I don't know. I'm thinking like it was a fucking alien from Men in Black kind of thing. Like it's something that obviously wasn't, I don't know, like was inside the dog kind of thing. Can I say kind of thing one more time? Not to bring it back to me, but me, me and my sister went the back way to work all the time. And there was this one dog and it was a pug, but it looked like the dog from Men in Black, but it was at this crossroads and it would just be there randomly. And so I'd be like, oh, there's alien dog. Oh, there's alien dog. Like that's literally what I called it. And one time we got there and it was him and like three others. It was a four way stop and There were three other dogs, but how they were lined up, my sister and I were like, are we about to be sacrificed? Because Alien Dog was always there, you know? And then it was like, they were all like where you couldn't easily just turn. You had to like kind of go around one, like either way, you had to go around one of them, but in a weird way. And it was very strange. Yeah. And so I was like, oh God, he got friends now. Like, no, we're not safe. But he was always a strange fucking dog to me. Like, just how he would be. So, how you're saying, like, the dog was acting strangely and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's weird. And that's like, he was like, oh, they're going to catch me doing what, like, you know. But it's like, then he was like, oh, shit, got to go. And ran into the woods, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it was one of those things that y'all shouldn't have witnessed. Yeah. You know, like, it's like. They can't know about me. They can't, like, what's going on. And then, I don't know, like, just thought it was safe and, like, went, but y'all saw it. Yeah. I don't know. How are you still skeptical? I'm, like, freaking out about this. I don't know. This whole, this episode has got me, like, like, kind of shaky because it's brought back so many memories that I can just uh, relate to. Yeah, I feel like it really did for you. (laughs) It really did. God, way to bring it back all the way. I'm just kidding. I feel like a lot of these stories were very personal today, too. So thank you all so much for trusting us in this space to share this with us so that we can you know, share it with other people. Because if you're experiencing it, more than likely somebody else has, too. So it definitely helps people to not feel so alone. So thank you all so much for sharing your stories. Yeah, for sure. And yes, just like Jeremy said, y'all know I'm so scared we're going to run out of stories. <laughs> so if you want to send in a story for us to read on the podcast, you can send it in at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website and do the contact us and it will send it in that way. Also on the website, you can check out all the show notes and the link to Patreon and the merch store. If you never remember what we say when we say patreon.com slash the APC podcast. So Thank you all so much, and remember... Creep it real, and and don't don't get get scared. scared.